Happy Feast Day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Amen. You know, uh, 492 years ago on Tepeyac Hill in Mexico City, Our Lady reassured St. Juan Diego. She said, am I not here? I who am your mother. (laughs) Exactly. And so she's patroness of the Americas. She's patroness of the Knights of Columbus. She's our own mother. And what a consolation to us in this world full of noise and chaos to know that that the mother of God is our mother as well. Exactly. That's the message that we can all and will continue to spread until the second coming of Christ. And I hope that these Guadalupe feast days, I hope your own Marian piety, your own Marian spirituality deepens even more and more. And you share her message of love with the whole world. Uh, and what's her message? That Jesus Christ is King. Terry, I'm on duty. What about you? I'm on duty. And Jesse, what you just said, your last statement, Jesus Christ is King. Yep. That's our focus. All these other bad things that are going on in the world and in the church, we just got to continue to stay focused on Jesus Christ. So remember that. And remember that. And remember that when you say it three times. Yes. Jesse, today we've got an article. And it's, it pains me to have to look at this. And, you know, this, why does this is an Archbishop Aguilar says, why does Pope Francis hate good priests? It appears that he's a he's he's penalizing priests who have this great love for the church and who the traditions of the church. And it seems that uh, what's going on with that? Well, some of it happens to do with he's coming from Argentina, but we'll talk more about that. Number two, and we've been keeping this track with um, Catholic vote over three hundred and fifty attacks Mm-hmm. on U.S. Catholic churches since May 2020. You don't hear much about that, and that's unfortunate. But the one I really like, Jesse, and I think I might have a sixth thing because I heard a great homily today, early this morning. Five things that we can learn about Our Lady of Guadalupe's and their mis- miraculous facts about it. And then, Jesse, remind me about uh, Hillary Clinton down in Mexico and what happened when she was at the shrine. I don't think you heard that story, have you? You told me about it. A long time ago. It, it's embarrassing. Yeah. But I'm going to bring it up on the radio. Okay. Because cool. she, it, it's just because of the feast day. So we got lots to do. Just, just as a good to know file, you left California, I think you said seven or eight years ago. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. The, 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 my ninth summer. Okay, ninth summer. Well, listen to this one. Our, our governor has just put in a law, January 1st, that any company selling children's clothing, right, has to have a transgender section of clothing or they're going to be penalized $500 a day. Now, it's big companies. It's not the little little guys. But the fact that they're forcing us to accept this is really uh, indicative of where California is at. It seems like it's the mecca of homosexuality. I'm sorry I have to say it that way. But that's one good-to-know file that you need to know about California. And I would just say, as a commercial says, get out if you can. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. What's your yeah? A couple of good file. news items. The diocese uh, of uh, K- Kansas, mm-hmm. they're seeking to combat the modern challenges and perils of contemporary dating. So they're launching a Catholic diocese diocese in Kansas. Awesome. They're hosting the first young adult event ministry in January, and they're trying to launch uh, again. Just which diocese? Of, which diocese? It's not Wichita, is it? 
It's the Diocese of Salina. Okay, I know Salina. Okay, I've been there. Yeah, Salina, yep, It's a Kansas. good conservative part of Kansas. Good. Yep. Also, here's something else. Uh, Elon Musk yeah. reinstates Alex Jones' account. <laughs> wow. I, I, Terry, I, to me, free speech, I'm all about that. Yeah. Uh, I just don't listen to guys that I don't agree with, but but they have the right to say it. God will judge their words. Hey, like hey, can I throw something in? If people yeah. look at LifeSite News, there's a um, there's a, a a video between Alex Jones and Carl and Tucker, and I w- started watching. I that. need to watch it today, Jesse. I was like, whoa! Uh, so much of what they're saying is all factual, and so you know, it makes me think that. Um, yeah, I think it would be good for all of us. That's a good thing to do. Well, go ahead and watch that video because it really wo- awoken me to the evils that are going around us at, as we live our Catholic faith. Anything else, Jess? Yeah, a couple other things, though. Biden poll numbers are worse than we thought. A Wall it Street Journal be. poll released on Saturday found that former President Donald Trump leads Joe Biden 47 to 43, uh, according to all the polling agencies. Also... <clears throat> The pro-abortion Guttmacher Institute reported that the percentage of women traveling across state lines for abortions nearly doubled in the first six months of 2023. That's not good. Also, the House Committee on Education and the Workforce launched, announced that they launched a formal investigation into the learning environments of, at Harvard University, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania after the university's president's refused to categorically condemn anti-Semitic calls for genocide by the pro-Palestinian woke leftist. Also, the uh, an assailant stabbed the Nebraska priest to death on Sunday oh. in the 100th attack on the Catholic Church this year. Father Stephen Gutzell died after being fatally stabbed at the rectory of St. John the Baptist Church in Fort Cahoon. Uh, according to Catholic vote, the incident represents the 100th attack on the Catholic Church just this year in 2024. Incredible. Eternal rest grant to Father Gutsgel, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon him. May his soul rest in peace. Amen. Wow. Wow. Jesse, this is the world we live in. It's amazing. That's why our prayer life has to be stepping up big time right now, folks. It's evil out there. Jess, uh, if, if you don't have any more need-to-know file, let's get some gospel in us, some good news gospel. Soul food. Yep. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Uh, the gospel of Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph the house of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him, shall, shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of, of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is a sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. 
Then the angel departed from her the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just say something, make it quick. There's yeah. a lot here. Yeah. Um, the two largest religions on planet Earth, Islam and Catholic Christianity. Catholic Christianity started here. It started with the annunciation here uh, of the angel Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She, she, he announced that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. God would be born incarnate upon the earth. He would live for 33 years, start the Catholic Church in 33 AD when he left the 12 apostles in charge. Now, the devil tried to parallel this story because in Islamic lore, they say that Muhammad went to a cave called Hijra and that the angel Gabriel appeared to Muhammad mm -hmm. and gave him a message that he was God's true and final prophet upon the earth. And also Muhammad says that the, that the angel Gabriel, this angel in the, in the cave, bear hugged him and took the air out of him and was also choking him. And so what's interesting is Muhammad even says that this angel did violence to him in the cave. Every time the angel Gabriel has appeared to somebody in the Old and New Testament, he didn't attack them. And so, Terry, I would, I would submit to the audience, oh, yeah. to any rational person, oh, yeah. that it was not Gabriel no. that appeared to Muhammad. It was a demon. Of course. Because that's what the he, he himself says yes. that he was attacked by the angel Gabriel. Yeah. And that he squeezed him and choked him, yeah. the, almost the life out of him. Well, the, the angel Gabriel doesn't operate no, that way. Never. So, so the person, the 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 spirit that that uh, uh, appeared to Muhammad was a demon. I think you're spot on with that. All right, Jesse, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Bishop Sheen says, you know. If one accepts the false philosophy of life that there's no absolute distinction between right and wrong, which is really our world today, that good and evil depend solely upon one's point of view. You know, I make my own truth. That the individual himself is the determinant of virtue and or vice and then adds to it some very evil deeds in keeping up with the philosophy, it will not be long until conscience is drugged and even killed. Jesse, that day is today. With yeah. conscience of people today, I mean, look at what's going on in the world. How many people will say, oh, abortion? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Even to the point when they say, yeah, it's life, but it's not wanted, so snuff it out. Their conscience is dead. And unfortunately, Jesse, this is my take, we haven't done a good enough job to form people's consciences and many people who think they're Catholic, they're Catholic in name only. Yeah, they're fake Catholic. Yes. Yep. That's uh, that's about the size of it. <clears throat> well, Terry, on the rundown, we're going to be talking about uh, Archbishop Aguiar. He says, Aguiar, he says, why does Francis hate good priests? Then we're going to be looking at the 350 attacks on U.S. Catholic churches yep. since Roe versus Wade and... Five miraculous facts about Our Lady of Guadalupe. All come and stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We 
we say even when we have to deal with difficult topics like the Holy Father, we pray for him, we ask God's blessing upon him because we see so much uh, undermining of the deposit of faith. And I'm just being honest, as a layman, I would love to to say that he's uh, uh, confirming me in my faith, but he's doing anything but that. And there's an archbishop who was bold enough to say, why does Pope Francis hate good priests? Let's talk about that, Jess. Yeah. Uh, Terry, this is, again, it's, this is painful, but it has to be done. Yeah. Uh, archbishop Hector Aguer, Aguer, he's the Bishop Emeritus of La Plata, Argentina, Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. So he knows Pope Francis good, Terry. Mm-hmm. He says several priests, he's from the same homeland, mm-hmm. several priests who follow the teachings of Pope Francis with attention have expressed to me their dismay and sorrow because they've recorded how often His Holiness denigrates priests. He has called them bitter cod-faced spinsters, sacramental clerks, ambitious gossipers, climbers, and other denigrating epithets. A lack of justice and charity. I would call that what the catechism calls making rash judgment on people. Mm-hmm. The article says there are thousands of priests in the world. Among them, there are some to whom some of the epithets that Francis' accusations accumulate are applicable, but his generalizations in sermons, catechetical texts, and messages contradict the truth. And what is scandalous is that they depart radically from the affirmations of the Second Vatican Council, which dedicated a document called the Decree Presbytorum Ordinis, to the ministry and life of priests. Let me quote the Vatican II says. Well, this is powerful. <laughs> quote, configured to the to priest, to Christ, excuse me, mm-hmm. the priest by sacrament of holy orders, they certainly receive the sign and gifts of so great a vocation and grace that they feel capable and obliged in the same human weakness to pursue perfection according to the word of the Lord. Be perfect as the Father who is in heaven is perfect. Priests are especially obliged to acquire that perfection because they're living elements of the eternal priest in order to attain more aptly the perfection of the one whose function they represent. They are ordered to perfection of life by the very sacred actions they perform every day. In the following paragraph, the council vehemently exhorts all priests to strive always towards greater holiness. This will make them more apt for the service of the people of God. The ideal that the council recalls is that of unity and harmony of life, which comes from the imitation of Christ in the exercise of the ministry. It is pastoral charity, a trait that distinguishes the diocesan priests from the religious to whom the council dedicates the decree perfecti caritatis. And in the the, the document from Vatican II, Presbyterorum Ordinus, it is affirmed that from the unity of life arrives consolation and immense joy. It is striking how different how how different this theological and spiritual perspective is from the petty sociological perspective of Francis in his slandering of priests. This is not perceived in the teachings of John Paul II. And Benedict, who honored priest. Wow. Jesse, that's powerful. But he says, wow. and it, Jesse, this is, uh, you know, a person who knows the Holy Father. And I, like I say, we need to be praying. But another aspect he, he pointed out is that the Pope's uh, calamities are frequently directed at priests who are clo- closer to tradition. He has called them 
backwardists. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Because they look backwards. That is, because they do not follow the new paragrams proposed by the successor of Peter. This is how the canceled priests abound who are swept away as scum from the exercise of wow. ministry. I mean, this is strong language. Rome's authoritative progressivism is imitated all over the world, as it happened here in Argentina, in several dioceses where the cancellation of priests faithful to tradition, a dogmatic and practical tradition, is exercised. So uh, I didn't realize all this was going on in Argentina, but Jesse, I have another priest friend who's a Vatican diplomat who knows the situation. He said to me, you have to understand, the church in Argentina where Pope Francis came from, was a church that didn't want to follow laws, didn't want to follow the divine laws. This is hard to have to say on the air, but my priest friend told me that they say, you know, like a, a married man who's faithful to his wife, they kind of think, how can, you're odd. You don't have girls on the side, concubines. I mean, come on, you're a man. See, they don't think that we can actually uh, be faithful to our spouses. And this is very unfortunate that Argentina's church, many of them are so progressive that uh, they they believe that. So I'm wondering, this is just my thought take, is Pope Francis comes from that lineage, yeah. and I'm thinking, man, uh, he doesn't see it as a problem, and now he's the Pope, and so that's a problem. He comes from a modernist, yeah. Marxist yeah. lineage. Yes, he does. That's a fact. My mom and dad told me that in Mexico, which is another country in Latin America, yeah. They said it's very common for the parish pastor yeah. to have a girlfriend. And my mom said, people aren't scandalized by that in Mexico. They just like, it's just like normal. You see father, the pa- the pastor walking the plaza, walking in the store or the market, uh, holding hands with a girl. It's m- people in Mexico. They're not scandalized by that because you know, I tell you the modernist wow. have, have, have beat them down wow. over the head that uh, this is the new paradigm of the church. Just get over it. Yeah. And this is the this is the new church after Vatican II. Uh, the article says, the Pope does not cease to cause harm. His duplicity, both Je- Jesuit and Argentine, yeah. inspires him in his worst decisions. Now it also moves forward against bishops. Joseph Strickland, Bishop of Tyler, Texas, was sacked. And he tries to neutralize the best among the successors of the apostles imposing on them a coadjutor or sending an apostolic visitation. Mm-hmm. Among us in 2020, he liquidated the excellent bishops of, of San Luis to replace him with a progressive who blesses in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, bypassing the eternal Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, so that the non-Christians who attend his ecumenical service acts do not feel annoyed. And in Argentina, the number of council priests is growing due to Franciscan obedience of an irrelevant episcopate, which contemplates impassively how society is becoming de-Christianized. This distancing from the Christian origins inherited from Spain began among us at the end of the 19th century. And in recent times, it has shown its social and cultural strength in, in the face of the impotence of Catholicism to which the spread of progressivism has given the coup de grace. Progressivism is another way of saying modernism. Yeah. Uh, the article ends, the priest says, I must recognize a paradoxical fact which shows its mysterious character. The growth of some parishes faithful to tradition 
where Catholics, especially the young, enjoy a normal liturgy, open to devout to, to a devout participation in the Eucharistic sac- sacrifice. I have said normal without strange things, as it should be, and that is not usually in the opaque mediocrity of progressivism imposed by the post-conciliar fantasy. The existence of this fact strengthens our hope in the future ecclesial recovery. The intercession of the mother of the church, whom we confidently invoke, will protect her. I'll tell you one comment I want to make is that the Pope has also called in the last couple of days uh, that we have to demasculate the yeah. church. Yeah. If you want to get more people to run from the church and to become nuns, N-O-N-E-S, start effeminizing the church more than it is, demasculate the church and see what happens in the number of men coming. Let me give you one more story in South America. Again, this is so it's odd to us Americans. Uh, this took place in 2001. St. John Paul II named Cardinal Juan Luis uh, Caproni Thorn, it's his long name. Uh, he was Opus Dei priest who became the archbishop for 25 years when he was let go at age 75 in 2016. He was known for his orthodoxy. As a matter of fact, Jesse, he, he had in his diocese everybody receiving Holy Communion only on the tongue kneeling down. And that bothered some of the modernists, okay? And he actually, uh, lay a, he actually um, penalized some of the liberal priests in his diocese who were promoting abortion, contraception. He said, look, if you can't live out what the church teaches, I am going to take your uh, faculties away from you. So that's what he did, which was the right thing to do. But here's the kicker. In 2016, when he retired, Pope Francis put the very priest who he uh, took his faculties away and made him the archbishop of the diocese. You see what I'm trying to say, Jesse? This is just undermining the deposit of faith, in my opinion. And again, um, you know, the very fact that he would uh, stop some modernist and take his faculties away, and then Pope Francis reinstalls the guy as the archbishop. What did I say about policy? It's um, the, the, poli- the people, what did I say? Personnel. Personnel. Po- personnel policy. Policy. Personnel. So Pope takes, Pope takes the guy that is a liberal and puts him in charge of the diocese. See, that's got to reflect on Francis, I'm sorry to say, because he should have known, being in South American, that this guy was taken away his faculties by the other archbishop. And who does the Holy Father support? The dissenter. I'm sorry, Jesse, that's hard to have to say that. But Pope, Pope Francis, that's not confirming us in our faith. Please put people in there that believe in the perennial teachings of the church because when you put these guys in that do not believe in that, it's getting passed on to the lay people, and it's undermining the faith. Well, this article is written by an Archbishop, Hector Agüer, uh, Archbishop Emeritus of La Plata, Argentina, Buenos Aires. So he knows Pope Francis. They've worked together. They work side by side. And the article says it all. Slandered priest, canceled priest. In other words, as soon as Pope Francis speaks out against you, what's next is you're going to get a visit from um, from some people in the Vatican, and shortly thereafter you will be canceled. And uh, what are some of the things he says about people? Uh, they're bitter, cod-faced, uh, spinsters, sacramental clerks, ambitious gossipers, climbers, rigid. Uh, Terry, to me, I'm looking at the catechism of the Catholic Church, and it says, rash judgment, 24 77 a rash judgment 
even tacitly assumes as true without sufficient foundation the moral fault of a neighbor that you speak of. Also calumny, calumny who by remarks contrary to the truth harms the reputation of others and gives occasion for false judgments concerning them. To me, as I look at the Pope, as he's gotten rid of 31 bishops and priests, all the bishops strictly being the last one, uh, I would I would say that the, the Pope may be guilty of rash judgment and calumny as I read the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And Jesse, not that I'm not going to give the priest's name who just sent me this text, but they're listening. And they see they heard about you know the the Holy See through the Doctrine of the Faith saying that you can now store these ashes in different places. When I come back, I just want to share what an, an interesting comment regarding the American Church and the Church abroad. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. I can still say this, and Jess can too. We're too blessed to Amen. be stressed. Yep. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber. Huh, we'd be millionaires. Exactly. Yeah. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse. Welcome back, Terry and Jesse. I just want to say that, you know, we have priests listening to our show uh, who are Orthodox who can't say the things we can say. You know why, Jesse? Because you don't have faculties, and neither do I. They can't take them away from us. But I feel for, and I pray for these good Orthodox priests who see what's going on in the church that's being undermined, and, you know, they really can't speak their mind. But I'll just say this, um, you know, Jesse and I get texts from different priests saying, gosh, and I, I use their stuff, and I say, well, I'm not going to determine, I'm not going to say who sent this to me, but right. here's what they said. He said this, under the current leadership of Catholicism, true Christianity has become the religion of the individual. Oh, boy, he nailed it. And mm. even the beginning to follow the satanic code? Oh, my gosh. Fonzie, really tell me what you think. Follow your own conscience and seek out a liberal priest who will affirm you and accompany you Basically, to do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. That's you, Satanism, by the way. That's Satanism, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> For example, phrase, yeah. if you are in an adulterous relationship and you want to receive Holy Communion because it doesn't bother your conscience, no problem, dude. Seek out a nice, kind bishop or priest who will accompany you. I love it. And give you Holy Communion. If you want to get your sodomite relationship See, I mean, these guys speak. I mean, yeah. Jesse, it's hard language, but it's true. Yeah. Sodomite la- uh, relationship blessed by a priest because your conscience is not disturbed by such prudish, outdated medieval theology. No problem there either. Now, if you want to keep part of grandma in that special sacred place in your home, you know, with the ashes now, that they decided to let people do that because you're not a pagan or anything. No problem whatsoever. After all, do what thy wilt shall be the whole of the law. Never mind that that's the greatest commandment of Satanists. And Jesse, this is really uh, uh, something that I believe many of our priests are thinking, but they just can't say that because oh, yeah. of you know, the situation. I mean, here, here's, they'll, get, they'll get canceled. Here's my line. People want to be welcomed into the church without repenting or without changing the way of their life. And you see, we want people to come in, but it's under Christ's standards. It's not your will to say, I, I don't have a problem with being a, a homosexual, so why should you? And this is unfortunate, they, the, the, what we're in today. And then at the same time, we got a double whammy going on, Jess, 
We got attacks on inside the church, and now we're going to talk about some attacks from outside the church. Let's talk about that. Yeah, thanks to Catholic Vote, Terry, they track this information. Mm-hmm. Ever since uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned, there's been over 350 attacks on U.S. Catholic churches since May 2020, and the Biden administration has not arrested anybody. Unbelievable. Here's actually here's actually the stats. 384 attacks on Catholic churches oh since May 2020. Uh, and uh, as the civil rest ungrips the country in the aftermath of the death of George Floyd, which he's no saint, by the way. He's not Saint George Floyd. In May 2020, Catholic churches were not exempt from mobs that destroyed property in cities across America. But while the riots and looting mostly died down in the summer of 2020, the attacks on Catholic churches have continued and escalated. Since civil unrest began on May 28, 2020, there have been at least 384 attacks against Catholic churches in the U.S., including acts of arson, uh, which damaged or destroyed historic churches, spray painting, graffiti of satanic messages, rocks and bricks thrown through windows, statues destroyed, often with heads cut off, and illegal disruptions of mass. At least 219 attacks have been perpetrated against Catholic churches since the drafts of the Supreme Court opinion proposed to reverse Roe v. Wade was leaked in early May 2020, with many including graffiti with pro-abortion messages. Crucially, while a handful of the attacks have included thefts, the vast majority have only involved property destruction in indicating that the primary vote motive is not material gain. And so there's a map you can look on this article. You can go to vmpr.org or jesseromero.com. You can get a map, and it shows uh, the, the, the details and locations and photos of each attack. And, you the, know, Jesse, just yeah. to make a note, California leads the, the, uh, the country 53 compared to New York with 41 and Pennsylvania with 21. So, it, again, California, I mean, I live here. Uh, I, I love the, uh, the beautiful state in the sense of nat- the natural uh, things, which sunshine, and yeah, it's a beautiful place. But what's not beautiful are the people who run California with its laws because uh, to be a Catholic in California uh, is somewhat dangerous because if we speak our faith, many people will be offended, and we uh, seem to, uh, it's okay to do violence to Catholic churches, but uh, other situations like the theaters or any others, no, no, that's okay because that's the culture. So all I'm saying, trying to say is this is the time where Catholics need to really stand up with their prayer life and their actions I, uh, and speak the truth in charity because right now we're under attack. And to just, just pro, uh, prove yeah. the anti-Catholic mm-hmm. spirit in California, yeah. Governor Gavin Newsom the other day, there was supposed to be They've been doing it for like 90, you know, 90 yeah, the years. Yeah, Light, the lighting of the Christmas tree in Sacramento. It's a, it's a public lighting yeah. of a Christmas tree. Well, guess what? Gavin Newsom, the governor, canceled it. Why? Because pro-Hamas woke leftist college kids. That's right. Hundreds of them were threatening to shut it down. Like they've done, by the way, in a couple of par- parts around the country where there's been public lighting of the Christmas tree. The pro-Hamas uh, uh, liberal woke college kids have gone out there and have shut it down until the war is over, I guess. That's what they're saying. 
And so, yeah, Gavin Newsom capitulated to them. And so he had a, a virtual lighting of the Christmas tree. And, and, and so he was intimidated but, by Islamic and bullies and woke leftist bullies. But Terry, I can assure you, yeah, if yeah. 300 Catholics went to Sacramento, let's just say we're saying we're going to pray the rosary in front of yeah. the steps of Sacramento because of something that's going on. Right. It wouldn't budge him. He wouldn't he wouldn't concede one inch to 300 Catholics praying the rosary. But he concedes to 300 woke communist pro-Hamas terrorist anarchist college kids that are threatening to uh, disrupt the public lighting event. And Jesse, because of your police background, I always ask you to keep that hat on sometimes where we're talking about these kings where people break the law. It, doesn't it seem that if they, if they get their way by intimidation that they're just going to go to the next step, or am I on? If, is that, isn't that doesn't that just natural how it goes with the bad guys? Yeah, Terry Rudy Giuliani he discovered this years ago when he was the mayor. Yeah, it's called the broken window theory. Yeah. yeah, and 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 he proved it. The the point that if if there's a bad neighborhood, a rough neighborhood, somebody breaks a window. Mm-hmm. If you don't fix that window immediately, or somebody spray paints on the wall, and you don't paint over it immediately, mm-hmm. what's going to happen is other people are going to start breaking other windows and also writing graffiti on other walls. You have to attack the problem immediately when it happens, when there is chaos or the breaking of the law and people stop. People say, wow, this city doesn't put up with broken windows. We broke the windows at uh, target and uh, they fixed them immediately. And they put cameras outside to, to try to find people who are breaking windows or uh, this other store, you know, Walmart, we, Posted, put a satanic graffiti in front of Walmart and uh, they painted over it real quick immediately and installed cameras outside. That's what deters people is vigilance, not not uh, uh, concessions to the to the enemy is by saying, oh, no problem. You want to break a window because you're upset? No problem. Well, you know, we won't do nothing about it. You can go break as many windows as you want. No, that's not going to work. Jesse, it's, called the, it's called a broken window. Yeah, and I'm going to take it to the next level. And next level is this. The bad guys who commit serious crimes, I'm talking about homicides, okay? Isn't it true that the bad guys, I think you've said this before, but the bad guys know what states and what the laws are and what the consequences are. If I murder somebody in the state of California, hey, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. But if I go to Texas and I do the same crime. Life in prison or death penalty. See, see what I'm saying, though, is that. There, there's consequences. They all talk amongst themselves, Terry, the criminals. Yeah, that's what I figured. And then because of the internet, they can access information to see which states are states are soft on crime and which states have soft uh, district attorneys. And so this is why California and New York and other red states, this is why a lot of criminals gravitate yeah. towards Makes those sense. states because they know that those states are soft on crime. Well, that, that just makes total sense. And so it seems to me applying this to our church, and I know this is a, a step, but follow me here. And that is when we have clear teachings on our faith, people know their conscience, what is right and what is wrong. And, but it seems to me that when we have ambiguity, uh, it, people are always going to take the easy way out because that's part of our fall in our human nature. Am I onto something? You got it, Terry. It makes yep. sense to me. That's it. And so uh, if you go on this website, just go to our show page, vmpr.org or jesseromero.com. Mm-hmm. There's a full spreadsheet database of the attacks from, of every state 
and it tracks uh, the, the reported acts of vandalism and violence against churches since 2020. And, uh, and so if you want to see on a state-by-state basis uh, what's been happening since basically Roe versus Wade. And uh, I, I just have to, I do have to correct myself. I said nobody's been arrested. Let, let me correct myself. Catholic Vote Here says has found evidence yeah. of, an, uh, of an arrest in connection yeah. with an attack against the church in only about 25% of cases. Yep. So that's a good sign, better than nothing. 25% of the 383 cases, there's been an arrest has been made. Doesn't say prosecution or conviction, just an arrest. And a lot of times, Terry, in these, in these woke, with these woke district attorneys, no, they they'll just arrest them and process them right out and yeah. uh, not, not even file charges. Yeah. I want to remind everybody, this is the end of the year. So if folks need to ha- uh, want to have a deduction this year for a nonprofit, that's us, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can do that by either going online to vmpr.org and making a one-time donation. We appreciate that. Or you can call me at 661-972-7872 so I can thank you personally for that donation. Jesse, up next, five miraculous facts about Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas. And wait till you hear these. These are unbelievable facts that I don't think a lot of people even know. And then I'm going to share a Hillary Clinton visit to the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I think it'll shock some people. Stay with us. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Jesse, before you speak about Our Lady of Guadalupe, you are one of the experts on this topic. Over the years when you worked with St. Joe Communications, I know that you did series on Our Lady of Guadalupe. So I just want to say uh, this: these five points, five things you know about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Jess, is there a way that they can still get that on your website? Uh, I think you've got some... A downloads or something? Yeah, I, I have uh, the Our Lady of Guadalupe talks yeah, on a good. PDF. There you go. On a PDF on my website. Okay, good. So, uh, Well, let's talk yeah. about these five things. Yeah, let, let me mention one thing before we get into that. Sure. I just want to mention that so something interesting that just jumped out here. Oh, okay. Uh, Politico yeah. says that, uh, that the black support for Biden is slipping. I saw that. Yeah, so I just found that kind of interesting. Yep, and and uh that. It says uh, a lot of the black vote is starting to to break for Donald Trump. Uh, also, one other thing I want to mention, Terry. Tell me. Um, I'm looking at this email here. I guess somebody uh, s- somebody asked us sure. if we. Let me see. It says here somebody asked us that uh, the Bishop Strickland was barred from Saint Matthew's oh, yeah. old diocese. Right. right. Uh, I can't remember if we ever talked about that. Yeah, we did. We we mentioned it okay. because EWTN and other outlets, major Catholic outlets, talked about. I think we yeah we I think we, we must, have, must yeah. have quoted EWTN on that. Yeah. So yeah, I I think we we uh, there were some pretty big sources. I think like EWTN and LifeSite yeah. News. Yeah. Which which are pretty credible sources. I think those are the ones that we leaned on to mm-hmm. make that statement. Yeah. But what what did we, what did we find out after? I mean, it was, well, they're that, saying that that there's ambiguity whether some employee came out and said that wasn't the case. All I'm saying is I wanted to get clarification from the 
administrator of the Diocese of Tyler to, to bring, break any of this uh, uh, question of whether it is or it isn't. Now, Bishop Strickland pointed out that, yeah, the administrator said it would, wouldn't be a good idea to say Mass in the diocese in the future. Now, that's not saying he can't, but that's what the bishop responded. But nobody's ever told him specifically he can't uh, say Mass there. But I will say this. Next week, this week, I'm going to be with Bishop Strickland on our Bishop Strickland Hour. I will let him answer that question and go. much more on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. There you go. You can't get any better than that. Just listen to it from Bishop Strickland himself. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that's yeah. the top of the food chain. So, Terry, uh, there's there's five. many miraculous facts about Our Lady of Guadalupe. We'll present five here. Yeah. So in 1531, when uh, Mexico was called Tenochtitlan, it was a culture of death. It was, uh, it was governed by the Aztec Empire. And uh, obviously... You know, they had some things that they got right through natural law, mm -hmm. but by and large, they were a culture of death. And what do I mean by that? They practiced human sacrifice on right. top of the pyramids. They practiced uh, infanticide. They practiced cannibalism. And they would make uh, little shrines to their pagan deities with the human skulls. And if you want to see a good rendition of what mexico was like before it was mexico under aztec rule watch the movie by mel gibson it's called apocalypto mm -hmm. and he and it shows life in mexico before christianity but what changed it well in 1531 the blessed mother appeared four times to juan diego we call him now saint juan diego mm -hmm. he was a native peasant she appeared to him on a hill outside present-day mexico yep and during her final visit, which was today, December 12th, visit number four, 1531, Our Lady arranged roses in Estilma, which he then brought to his bishop as a sign to build a church in her honor. And when he opened Estilma, it revealed the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe right in the presence of the bishop. Mm. And according to the tradition is is that the image appeared as she unrolled the thilma. Right it appeared, me. yeah, immediately. Yeah. And so the Catholic Church celebrates today the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. This Marian apparition is one of the most popular in the church because there's physical evidence of her coming to earth. And the image itself can be seen even in secular spaces in North and South America. Millions of people visit her basilica in Mexico yearly, yep. making it the most visited Marian shrine in the world and only the second most most visited shrine first is the empty tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem. So let's look at five things that okay. we need that we should know and share about Our Lady Guadalupe and the miraculous image she gave Saint Juan Diego. Well, the first one is this. The Tilma's image is not the work of human hands. The original image remains the same while the human replicas fade or deteriorate over time. The image contains additional details that set it apart, such as Our Lady's eyes reflecting what she saw in front of her in 1531. And there's also a microscopic examination also revealed that there were no brush strokes on the tilma. And so uh, the, the, the tilma's image is not the work of human hands. No. 
the original image remains the same while human replicas fade or they deteriorate over time. The image contains additional details that set it apart, such as Our Lady's eyes reflecting what she saw in front of her in 1531. And uh, again, a microscopic examination also revealed that there were no brush strokes. Terry, what else can you add? Well, the Telma appears to be indestructible. Two different events threatened the image. An acid spill back in 1784 and a bomb in 1921. The Telma remained unscathed. You know, Jesse. Yeah, a communist tried to destroy the Thelma. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Then he repented when he saw the miracle that he couldn't destroy it. He became a Catholic Christian. Yeah, and the stars on Our Lady's mantle. The stars of the mantle of Our Lady of Guadalupe coincide with the constellation in the sky on December 12th. 1531. Smoke that. I mean, wow. Yeah, and, 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 we can, and, and we can do that going because of yeah, we can computers. Back, yeah. We can re, we can replicate That's the right. way the sky, the stars right. lined up it, basically every single day. It's incredible. Uh, for time immemorial. And also something about the stars, Terry, interesting is that there's 73 stars on her mantle. And guess what? There's 73 stars in the Catholic, I mean, 73 books, books in the yeah, Catholic Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, I know that, that always struck me too. Yeah. What's the next one, Jess? The Castilian roses mm-hmm. Juan, that Juan, St. Juan Diego found at the yeah. apparition site, yeah. they're not native to Mexico. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, it was, it was uh, December, right. it was cold. And it was snowing. Yeah. Roses don't grow nope. in the snow. Nope. Not at work. So the Blessed Mother arranged these flowers in St. Juan Diego Stilma before he visited his bishop. And when he opened a Stilma, the roses fell to the ground, revealing the miraculous image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Again, and those roses, by the way, the tradition is they were roses that are that are common to Spain. They're called Castilian roses awesome. that grow in Spain in the spring and in the summer. They don't grow in the deserts in Mexico in December in the snow. Yeah. And, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's and the bishop, the bishop was also praying to our yes. Lord. Yes. Ask. He was praying, give me a sign. Right. Give me a sign that I know it's you, my lady, that's appearing. Right. And this was the sign. And you notice the bishop didn't just say, oh, yeah, well, the Blessed Mother's appearing. Yeah, okay, cool. No, he said, you come back again. He was yeah. prudent, you know. Yeah. Just Our Lady of Guadalupe changed the course of history, man. Within seven years of this apparition in which Our Lady manifested herself to the native people of Mexico... As a sign of her maternal care, nine million people accepted the Catholic faith. Remarkably, this amounts to an average of, are you ready, folks? 3,000 people a day, every day, for the next seven years. And Jess, tell us what was going on in Europe at that very moment. You had uh, a few years before that, mm-hmm. in 1517 to 21, yep. Martin Luther, a rebellious Catholic priest, started yep. the Protestant revolt, where he took out through his apostate teachings, through his heretical teachings, he pulled out probably about 5 million Catholics uh, from 15, 17, in the next couple of years, the next 10 years. He pulled out 5 million Catholics from the European Catholic churches into Lutheranism and Calvinism. And so uh, a few years after that, about 10, 10 years after that, the Blessed Virgin Mary is replacing with even more people that left the Catholic Church yeah. as a result of Lutheran Calvin Terry. All right, let me give you the story about Hillary Clinton. I don't think yes. Jess, maybe I told him this a while back, but she went to visit 
Mexico City as the uh, Secretary of State back years ago. And while she was looking at the shrine and the picture image of Our Lady, she kept asking the officials, so, so who's the artist? Who's the artist? She just wouldn't. And they were looking at her like, didn't you get it? No, no, but I want to know what artist painted this? And they finally had to tell her, lady, no art. This is miraculous. This was brought by our Lord. This is a miracle. And she just was, nah, come on. Who's the artist? Well, I just found that to be fascinating that Hillary Clinton, again, couldn't believe that there's something supernatural. And that's what was in front of her. And she just kept asking, who's the artist? Who's the, deny it. Who's the artist? So I just had to bring that up. That's well, what look, happens. Terry, the artist is God, yep. the same God that she does not believe in. Yes, well, there you go. That's yeah. consistent. Yeah, so she, and, and the fact is, yeah. is that it's interesting that there was 3,000 indigenous Indians that were converting every day for Amazing. the next seven years. Yeah. This reminds me of St. Peter in the book of Acts. It says that when he preached his first sermon in Jerusalem, 3,000 people were baptized that, that day. I never made the connections yet. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, so 3,000 people were baptized that day. And in Mexico, 3,000 people were baptized every day. Notice, for seven years. Seven is the number of perfect. God, the number of perfection. Yeah. And Jesse, just to make a note, we're living in times where many priests, even down in South America, who made comments that I'm proud for the last 35 years I've never baptized one person. Oh, gosh. You see, we've lost our compass when it comes to evangelization and we need to bring it back. And I think our lady is the key to sharing the gospel in our culture again, to bring people to Christ. And I want to just ask everybody to keep that in mind about having devotion to our lady of Guadalupe for evangelization. She's the our lady of the Americas. Jesse, wrap it up, brother. Yes. As Catholics, remember, let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of, don't live in a state of mortal sin. Mm -hmm. Pray a rosary every day as Our Lady's asked us, Our Lady of Fatima. Yep. Go to Mass as often as possible. Read your Bible every day. Ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Remember Fridays, penance, penance, penance. And number five, go to confession at least once a month. Who says that? St. John Paul II, Venerable Fulton Sheen, St. Father Pio, Cardinal Raymond Burke, and Father Chad Ripperger. You're going to argue with those five guys? Not me, Terry. I'm with you, brother. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Offer your sacrifices for the salvation of souls. May God richly bless you. And thanks for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radium. Full sheen ahead here at VMPR. God love you.